Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim. And just as a heads up, Kim's audio may sound a little funny because she is joining us all the way from Europe today. Um, and she forgot some of her equipment in her traveling. <laughs> yeah, and I can't plug anything into the wall, so. <laughs> yeah, she was not prepared for her travel this time. Okay. So today we are finishing up our trilogy war with The Burning God by R.F. Kuang. And unlike usual, I do not have a plot written up, um, mostly because I really didn't know how to describe the plot with this book, other than we are continuing to fight a war. Uh, so if you want to know the plot, I'd go look it up. I'd go listen to the last book that pretty much tells you where we have left off um and yeah so let's start with you sarah what did you think of this book um so this book really brought to mind for me reading some of the later books in the zodiac academy series same <laughs> like effect of frustration and boredom um definitely would not have read this far if i'd had a choice uh, did not enjoy this book. Um, just too repetitive. If I have to sit through another fucking battle where the same shit is happening, just in a slightly different order or whatever, eh, I just... Exhausting. Exhausting. Not interesting. Sorry. that That's no. my overall take on this. Which is funny, because okay. I kind of like this book, the, or the series at the start, and it's really been a it was like a downward slide at first, and then it was a plummet on this book. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, what about you, Kim? So, I it, it, it was an easier read than the previous two, but I don't know if it was just because I stopped really trying to engage in, in what was happening. Um, but yeah, it, it was just one long it gotta win this war theme throughout the entire book um after they won the war she's like I'm, still gotta win the next war gotta do it yeah and then the next one and, and it's it's like okay is, is the point behind all of this the fact that war is never ending um which is a valid point because on our planet like war seems to be never ending yeah Never ending for Rin, though, because it's like other people were willing to move on. She was not. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's like her you, character. Oh, God, I hated went, her so went, much. Went to hell by in, in by the end of this book. I was just like, I was done with it. And I, I don't understand why people were so invested in in her um, when it comes to the, you know, this this book is so gut-wrenching. It's because that's what I always heard about the book is like, oh, when you get to the end of it, you're, you're, it rips your heart out. And I'm like, but you'd have to like the character in order for your heart to be ripped out over it and and i just i don't see the appeal in rin at all um but that me could neither. be me not me neither <laughs> okay so it's me and sarah what about you amber <laughs> okay so i had a slightly different response mm -hmm. so i started the book and initially i was trying to listen to it and read it and it was a trudge trying to do both simultaneously I just could not focus so finally I was like you know what I'm just gonna switch over to the audiobook and I'm just gonna I'm gonna do other things while I listen to it and let's see if we can get through it and suddenly it was going a lot faster and I think it was because I stopped trying to like micro focus on it instead I was like let's just see where this journey takes us and I got about three-fourths of the way, and I'm like, I don't know what the fucking end is supposed to be. Because every battle, I was like, okay, maybe this is the end. Oh, nope, nope. She's She's got to defeat the trifecta, then she's got to fail again, and then she's got to de defeat, I can't remember his name at the moment, but an Arlong, and then we're not quite to the end. Vaisra yet. Oh, or gotta... Nezra? Nezra, Nezra. Or Neza, gotta... sorry, not Nezra. Vaisra, yeah. Or Neza. I'm like, okay, so now she's got to defeat Neza, and that's that's going to be the end of this, and we're we're going to, you know, be all good. Oh, nope, nope. Now we've got to resolve functioning. Okay. 
oh yeah, the no, country that's... you ruined you have to yeah. fix it and oh no we've got to you know and it kept it kept going it was like i don't know what the end is and then at the same time mm. i'm like okay this is now although this is technically her first series this was now the fifth book i've read by her um and for those of you going, no, she only has four books out. I had an arc to yellow face. So I read that one. And like, her books don't end happy. And so I was like, okay, what is our tragedy? And then Ren lost it and killed Venka. That wasn't a tragedy. Oh, I... sorry. Let me not interrupt you. Sorry. Say, <laughs> wow. I actually really liked Venka. And it devastates me that we don't really know if Venka double-crossed her or not. The implication being that she didn't, but we don't truly know. And I was like, oh god, Katai is not going to be safe. And we got towards that end little bit there, and I was like, oh, she's going to magically figure out the word. She's going to split from him. She's going to kill Katai and just go full insanity. And instead, she she broke ty's heart and then had to kill them both was i devastated by rin's death no i i never was a huge fan of rin she's very much a product of her situation but i did love her and ty's friendship i loved that whole brothers in arms they clearly loved each other but it never became a romantic thing like that was tragic Primarily because we don't really get that in a lot of books where it's a man and a woman and it's a brothers in arms story. You know, usually they eventually make them fall in love or, you know, it's young adult and they're clearly, you know, mated, soulmates, blah, 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 what have you. Here we actually got a brothers in arms story where it wasn't two men. Um, and then we got to see the effects of war, which is PTSD. Rin clearly had PTSD. She did not know how to handle being in life without having a conflict. She wasn't trained to do anything other than conflict. I'd actually kind of like to have, have had dad read this and see what he would have thought of like military training and the outcome versus anyone that he might have known and like how realistic it was yeah i I don't know that well one you would never have gotten him to read this book um but no i he hasn't you you would have to know the time frame he was in the military he hasn't really engaged with people that were actively in conflict zones but he was still, um, he's been trained to do something specific and then had to return to civilian life. He obviously never dealt with combat and stuff, but that, there's still that. And he never really, I mean, you say return to civilian life. He became a civilian employee, but he's still doing what he did in the military. Um, just more expansively. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, I don't think, I don't, to me, this story doesn't, lend so much to war zone type I don't know it's too early in the morning um I was wondering type it's like of a story in the morning for Kim yeah and she traveled um, yesterday yeah and I was on a plane for 11 hours yesterday um but this to me fuck where was I gonna go with this this to me is more along the lines of um an epic tragedy and so it's it yes the wars is a component of it but it's not really what's driving the story it the, what's driving the story is more that rin is is a tragic figure and is is destined to end tragically um and it and it her tragedy her ending is a reflection of her beginning um to where the spearleys were were destroyed and she was a product of that destruction. Um, and then she lives her life and that the, the production of her, you know, her life is then what leads to the destruction of what 
brought about her beginning. So it's kind of one of those cyclical things that is just yeah. never going to end. Um, yeah. So, and not my type of story, just period <laughs> the end. Um, but I can read it with the understanding that this type of a story, and I'm going to say in Asian culture, I don't want to be too specific because I know it more specifically to Japanese culture, but I'm assuming it's reflective in Chinese culture heroes die tragically um that is in their writing style in their you know when you go when you go back through history of their writing so like we go back to the greek tragedies and and you know to that sort of thing um or to the greek writing theirs is um if your hero doesn't die in the end they're not heroic they haven't made the ultimate sacrifice because in that culture making the sacrifice for one's culture is what you do. That's how you become the hero. The hero doesn't, you know, ride off into the sunset like our heroes do. Um, and our hero, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different way of looking at things. And it's, and it's a more, much more difficult read as someone that comes from our culture, because we want our heroes to survive. We want our heroes to pull themselves out of the dirt and um, become more than they they were and that's just not what you're going to get in in when you read books that are of this culture so it's harder to read and and i want to i want to clarify because i would say like literary books of this culture is what it tends to be mythos books of this culture tend to do that because and kim teases me for this i did do a semester of (laughs) asian literature um and yeah it, it is mythical characters sacrifice sacrifice for the good of society as a whole um they're very much right and i will and yes in literature but it's also very much a part of the culture the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few it's it and it's just something that you don't really understand as um, an american or a european unless you really been immersed in an Asian culture, you don't really understand that society is, is what comes first rather than uh, the individual. Actually, older European for the most stuff part, does fall for that, fall into that. Um, it's, again, I'm going to, uh, so let me explain, because you cut me off before I was going to be talking about this. I was no. just about to mention this. No, I, I oh, want to okay. clarify. Sorry. So, there are, and Sarah's going to hate this because this is all literary and Sarah doesn't give a crap about this. <laughs> um, there I, are... Okay, I got to say, can I interrupt just really quick? I can only see two people at once. I see myself and I see whoever's speaking. So this is irritating me because I can't see what Sarah's doing. And I, I base a lot of how I react based on the look on Sarah's face. So I'm really irritated right now because I can't see what Sarah's doing. So I don't know if she's snoring. I'm not really emoting as far as yeah, I can she, tell. She's got <laughs> okay. her eyes down. She's got her hand on her, on her face. Like she's got that look like, God, they're talking about literary shit. I don't have anything to care about with this look on her face. Um, so you've got a little bit of expression, but it's that minute expression that only like we would really know what that expression possibly means anyways but anyway go on to talk about what you're going to talk about okay what i was going to say is you have um two like core categories of stories the first one is i for society and then the other one is i versus society american culture american books tend to be i versus society individualism is the core part of our stories it's about being different than the the masses being unique being the hero you know all that kind of stuff uh europe has taken on that as they've gotten more and more influenced by american stories because of movies all that kind of stuff but they did actually if you look at anything that is pre-1900s there is a sense of like one's role in society then you head over towards Asia and you get into like at least Japan, China, and it's what can I do for society? Um, they are cultures that are governed by how they fit into society. Um, it's how they've been raised. It's how they've been taught. Um, you know, the example I always go back to is 
when the tsunami hit Japan, instead of looting and raiding, they all just walked home. And that's the like epitome of my role is to aid society. Is, is there's a certain level of whatever I do reflects onto my society, so I need to be the best I can be. Um, and so, yes, a lot of the times within particularly Chinese stories, the hero has to die in order to better society, uh, which Rin does. She realizes she can't rule. She doesn't know how to. She doesn't know what to do. And she can see that this person who she's been fighting with for a book and a half can do it. And she didn't so have to she kill did. herself, though. Like, she just couldn't picture living without a war, so she yeah, well, and, Like, she could have so just she, surrendered to Neza. Yeah, but... Or she could have taken the, the route that Kai and Neza tried to give, because there's that whole scene at the very end where the three of them were standing there again. And it's a, it's a clear reflection on the trio that came prior. The three of them, if she had ever just given an inch, they, they could have then become the next trio and possibly been successful where the, the other, the, the first trio didn't succeed. The only problem with that is they were never going to be able to beat the Hesperians the way she wanted to. Well, yeah. And so... But Neza's not going to do it on his own either. But he's not going to try and beat them. He's going to try to work with the system to then excel. Um, Which he could have done if she was still alive and just allowed him to do that. Yeah. But I mean, I don't mind that Rin died. I wanted her to die from, like, the beginning (laughs) of the book. So, like, every time she didn't die, I was like, "Oh, oh, Jesus Christ. But, like, nevertheless, I'm like... It's a whole lot of sacrifice, which was really unnecessary, so it doesn't hit the same way it would have if it had actually been, like, Yeah, but know, the whole, more the whole idea is, is if she had lived and given in, given in, one, it wasn't in her personality. It just, just was not. Never once has that, that girl given an inch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She has too much pride, so she died for yeah. her pride. Good job. But, but I'm not going to be like, oh, but, such a heroic ending. But she didn't just die for her pride because if she had given in and lived the southern coalition would have still wanted to rally against around her they still would have wanted to fight there there would have been that sense of of what she had done wasn't as meaningful and i think she in that moment realized that again she had become a, she had become a symbol and she couldn't live past being that symbol she didn't know how, and for the good of the society, she possibly couldn't. And then, on a selfish level, she she didn't want to become the Hesperian's tool. So, it's reasonable in the context of, like, societal expectations, I think. Um, however, I will say at the same time, though, it is a little annoying that the author has written this clearly Taiwanese coded character uh, and she kills her. She's the last of her kind in the only way that, like, the good of the Chinese culture in this can go on, or no, they're not Chinese, but essentially the good of the culture is if the Spearlings no longer exist. Because she does the one thing that no other female spearling ruler could do, which was die, or she thought she was going to not do it, but she does exactly what they do. They all died. Um, so it kind of implies that this Taiwan-coded character has to completely cease to exist in order for uh, Nikana to, that's what was the name of the country, Nikana Nikara? to actually like, Nikara, sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> I have been scanning books all day and processing them for new books. Um, and we were short-staffed. <laughs> but yeah, so I will say I don't like that fact, is that we had to kill a culture in order to... Well, I mean, it was pretty much already dead because Rin didn't even grow up in that culture. Yeah, so she but... She was already deeply separated from it. Even if she kind of got a little taste of it from Alton and, like, her visions with the Phoenix, it's like, it was already pretty wiped out unfortunately but yes it is weird that she would make that character and 
kill her. Yeah. Well, I, I, so I, the original the premise, I, when the writer was originally writing, I think the first book, it was a reflection of also, you know, actual Chinese history. Um, and so, and, and I think in expanding it, not expanding, I don't think, I think this was intentionally the entire story all along, but um, it, it could only sustain so much before it became very much more, um, God, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> more know, obviously it's... what is, what more, what is more obviously what is actual history rather than fantasy. Um, does that make sense? You're looking at me like, or you're looking up at the sky like it's not making any sense. I am tripping over word choices, so I'm not sure if I'm understanding you. Um, Which word? She wants to follow her? actual history more than fantasy. Is that what you were saying, or the opposite? No. <laughs> the the original premise of the first book was that it was following very specific history. Oh, Chinese and then it history. kind of diverged. And then it had to diverge from that or stay more securely on it. And the fact is, Chinese history, I mean, all you have to do is look at anything that's happening with China right now. Taiwan comes up when it comes to to Chinese, what their actions that they're portraying in. in yeah, I uh, think in the last right week now. or so they did like a blockade or something against Taiwan. Yeah, and and they've been firing. Well, that's North. Sorry, that was North Korea, not China. Yeah. Um, but there, there's there's just still a lot going on there, and and so, I the story had to diverge from actual history, where it was it was writing a fantastical story based on actual history, and it, then it had to become more fantastical, and so it, it was you know, I think that's where it kind of lost the original. I, for me, very much what was very interesting, and then it just became fantasy, and it, and I wanted to keep looking for the history in it, and the history wasn't there anymore. Well, and I, I think the two things that I struggled with is, one, I wonder if Harper Collins asked her to throw it out to three books instead of two. I can't help but wonder if this might have functioned better as a duology. And then yeah. the other thing is it suffers from too many bad guys. Oh God! Everybody, no, no, that suffer. suffers from no good too. people. Yeah, yeah, no good Sorry. people. Yeah. And then what did you say before that, Sarah? I think I was agreeing with Kim with the or you. Uh, oh, okay. The, the too many. There bad are too guys. many bad people. Who, yeah. oh, and I was saying that that they were pretty. Like I don't know exactly what I was saying at the moment, but I meant to say like that they were irrelevant. Yeah. As a, uh, or the the final showdown irrelevant like the trifecta this big thing that's get get getting built up and then they get bombed and they're dead and yeah. <laughs> it's like oh but there okay. was one figure in the might have been in the mist and then it never came back and then well no and then kite was like oh no we, we felt them pass so they're definitely 100 percent dead don't worry okay. about it and then that okay. was that was it and i was like well shit what was all that for them that was yeah why not just bomb it in the first fucking place if that's all it took yeah and so that's what i felt like is we got i i can't help but feel like the author got to a certain point where she had created all these massive evils and like she couldn't decide which one was the pen ultimate evil and had to defeat them and then i think the ones that were like the pen ultimate which is the hisperians she didn't have a way to defeat she, well, but she, if you if you reflect current history, in, in, and again, this is all reflective of of history. <laughs> Whether you take the Hesperians to North America, which is us, or you take it to Europe, which I don't think you can. I think this has to be very much America. Oh um, no, it's very much America. It's a consortium, yeah, or it's the the UN, United Nations. Yeah, which includes us but and the Europe. Point is. There is no way to end that in a story because that history has not ended. We are still, as Americans, fucking around with every other country on the planet in whatever way we please um, for our own profit. Yeah, so she so, couldn't write a proper well, like ending. ending. There's yeah. also, like, she may have also just been kind of pointing out that usually in these situations, there isn't necessarily one ultimate bad guy. It's like you get rid of one and then there's more um yeah that take your place. Uh, yeah but, but in my opinion makes it harder to sorry. like 
Oh no, you're okay. I was gonna say that just makes it harder to like as a reader get to this third book and feel oh. like you're hitting that that climb. Yeah, no, no, for sure, a hundred percent. Like if this book was written in a way that like if she was writing this to kind of make war seem drawn out and just like show all the bad things that happened where it's like I feel there are a lot of other books out there that do this much more succinctly and much more effectively than just trudging through this with Rin and ultimately like getting nowhere after like murdering half your population and just sentencing the whole country to a horrible future immediate future it might get better but it's definitely not going to be great for the foreseeable for me the ultimate bad guy in this book was ren oh yeah she i agree she, like i said she just she, she basically like destroyed the country she came in contact with yeah just destruction everywhere and then she was going to kill neza and i was like so fucking pissed i was like he is the only one qualified to actually pull your people out of this after you've been burning your own people and sacrificing them because at the end of the day they don't matter even though you know your country is your citizens. If you kill all your citizens, you just got a bunch of empty land. So good luck. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I almost couldn't even finish the book because I thought she was going to kill Neza. And I was like, like a hundred pages away from the ending. I was like, and I don't think I've done this before with a book, but I was like, I just, I can't go on unless I actually know. So I actually like went to the very last page and it was like, Neza was talking about Rin's dead body. And I was like, oh, thank God. Thank you. Thank you. I can read this. <laughs> See, so I, can read. I, I knew he wasn't going to die as soon as she kept getting the letters with suggestions as to what to do. I know. And then she's like saying, oh, he's trying to trick me. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure he just kind of wants his country to not, you know, yeah. die. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say, thinking about this book, if you're looking at someone who is an older teen, or even a college-age student, and you're trying to get them to think critically about war, but they're not someone who's going to, like, fall into real-life scenarios. Like, they're just not, historical fiction is not going to be their go-to. I do think this would be a good book for that age range and, like, demographic. Um, if you're a little bit older and you've, like, read, you know, like, the things they carry, you know, all those kinds of things, right? All the things they carry. Yeah, the that... things they carry. Yeah. You know, then then this doesn't feel quite as mind-blowing as I think it's supposed to be. Um, but if you're not someone who likes historical fiction or even, like, nonfiction, then I can see why this book is, like, throwing them, like, for an entire loop. Because it breaks all of the young adult tropes. But, I mean, is this young adult? It is. I mean, she is only, like... Mm -hmm at the oldest she's like 20 like, at this point yeah so yeah she on that qualifications it is kind of young adult uh, i just didn't know if it was actually like advertised as such because if it's not advertised as ya then it breaking ya troops is not that astounding but if it is ya then sure let me see here um so the thing that comes up as is historical fantasy, fantasy fiction, high fantasy, and grimdark, which I've not heard grimdark before. Um, let me see I here. would not put this in high fantasy, but whatever. They're dirigibles. Oh, I know. That not has nothing to do with high fantasy. I know, I know. <laughs> I just thought all of that stuff was just names for for just derivative, not derivative, different names for things. It, they're airplanes. They're just calling them dirigibles, which but yes, they, they, they were, were balloon-based and blah 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 blah. Yeah, I know. It, it, it. Do you know how slow dirigibles move? I, I know. I, I just can't. It's, so and, well, and they also had took, automated ones. Two and a half books. Yeah, but it took two and a half books before um, it was like, well, yeah, we just popped the balloon. Duh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, at least for our library system. It is classified as an adult book, which it does have pretty tough topics, so that makes sense. Uh, however, I think on social media, I tend to see it lumped in with a lot of young young adult reads. Um, and I think that's because the protagonist herself would be considered a young adult. Um, so I think it kind of hovers on the line where we do have a protagonist that would be a young adult 
but we do have topics that maybe wouldn't put it on a young adult shelf, which is why I said older teen to college age. I think this would be a great thing to kind of like. I mean, it would definitely turn them off war fiction in the future. (laughs) (laughs) So there's one thing I can say that was done really, really well. Okay. Throughout all three books by the author. And that was, she introduced, the author introduced from the very beginning that Rin was going to go insane. Yeah. And she dragged, the author dragged that out through the three books. And I and I don't say drag it in a bad way. I mean, drag it in a good way where you don't know that she has actually lost her brain. She is, she is not functioning in an inherently normal way in any way, shape or form. It, it plays out where you just kind of fall into this. And I and I keep trying to re- realize, remember when I realized she actually thinks she can become emperor of this country. And it's like, why would this random person think, you know, I'm just going to take it over and I'm going to rule it. And it's like, you know, who, who falls into that? Who, and, and, and yes, there are people that are completely narcissistic who think they can rule the world and, and um, have absolutely no qualifications for it. But following Rin from a, I'm a, I well she didn't know she was a spirit in the beginning, but I'm I'm this this unwanted war thing. orphan. Yeah, I'm this just completely unwanted and 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 now I'm going to rule the world or my, my country. Um, it, it unfolded very very slowly, and it's like okay, you know what? If I was to ever read this again, which there's nothing on the planet that's going to make me read this book again, and it, and it's not because it was a horrible book. It was not a horrible book in any way, shape, or form. It was just long and intense, long and intense and tragic as fuck. And <laughs> but it would be interesting to go back and see the points where it's like, oh, wait a minute. There's the insanity. There's the insanity. Uh, There's she the insanity. stay awake by burning herself with melting wax. I mean, I feel like that was I a know. pretty big red flag <laughs> right at the start. But she had red flags. She, but yeah. the yeah. author did a really good job of because uh, I agree with you, Cam. Does a really good job of. There were moments where it was like, okay, this... she committed genocide by the end of book one. Like again, <laughs> I'm just glad. But I'm just relieved they... that the author didn't actually play her out as a protagonist to the very end. Yes. Like you can't commit genocide and then be like the hero. She killed all these women yeah. and children. We love her. Yes, but what I was gonna say is, is there are yes. moments where it's like. Okay, you know, Rin is possibly having a reasonable response to this situation. And then the next minute something happens and you're like, what the hell is she thinking? And then and then she has a reasonable response. It's like, okay, okay, it was a moment of insanity. She had to learn. Or even it's not even a moment of insanity. It's like, okay, she had a learning curve. She needs to learn. Um, She's not been taught properly. And then you realize, like, it's kind of like that slow boil. And suddenly you're, like, three-fourths of the way through this book. And you're like, God, she is she is off it the rocker. It took you three-fourths of this book to get there? Jesus Christ. Uh, well, I... Okay, let me be real. Uh, there was a certain point where I was like, okay, Katai is ke- keeping her sane. No, Katai was, tro- like, making a minimum effort, but he still let her walk all over him. So no, I was I know, with but- him. I think Katai was I think Katai was madly in love with her just absolutely madly in love with her and was willing to do anything to uh, keep her functioning yeah but that's that's I think he wanted to try and protect the country but he also didn't have the strength to go up against Rin I don't know if he loved her or not um I did enjoy the fact that they never were romantic in the book I was gonna say I I think he loves her I don't necessarily think it's like a romantic love but I think think he's in love with her yeah. Yeah, no, I think like 110% he was he loved her unequivocally. And I think it was up until that very end for him a very unconditional love. Like she could do no wrong. I don't think it was like sexual or anything. I think it was just like the way the trifecta was is there was that that like bonding they trauma. Said, and, the, the, I know Josh and what absolutely were were sexual with each other. They they reference it, referenced it. Okay, so well, I, I don't. Know. <laughs> I mean, Rico was kind of bit. like dominating both of them. So yeah, you know, may not and have been would... romantic, sort of sexual, but you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I I did for a while think that Katai was 
managing her insanity until finally I realized once they were like the three of them were talking about how they were going to rule the country and like they hadn't picked one of them to be the figurehead. That's when I realized, oh no, she's completely lost it. She thinks the three of them, him, her, and Venka are just like gonna, the three of them change the world. And I went, oh, these guys. She runs, runs off the deep end. <laughs> you you just a... said Venka. Oh, Venka. Who, who's the, the, the female friend? Venka. Venka. Okay. Bow and arrow was raped. Yeah, and she got killed. I, I, I'm by suddenly Rin. confused, but again, it's no. She didn't get killed by Rin. She got killed by the oh protecting Rin. That's right. Rin was about to kill her, and then the crossbow. Rin. Came. Well, yeah, she tackled Rin. Rin attacked her, but she was already like hit by the with the bolt at that point. So like, yeah. you know. But but Rin goes through that whole explanation that like she thought she was attacking her, so she was ready to kill her. She had given up. She 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 thought Venka had fully betrayed her, and then she realized that Venka was actually trying to save her and died in the process. Um, that's that. Honestly, I was like, "There's no coming back for Rin." I'm not sure that there was any coming back before that, but that's when I was like, "I, also, I again, I, I would as like a to person, point to the genocide in book one. I, as a I person, don't think there was coming back for Rin from page one of the first book. So Rin was done <laughs> from page one. Uh, yeah. Oh man, you guys are. You guys. <laughs> what she just wasn't. She just wasn't a pleasant character. She wasn't. You know, I I liked Katai. I thought he was wishy-washy. He should have been better. I liked Venka. I was interested in hers. I was interested in what the author's choice was going to be with Venka because the stereotype would have been to make her a double agent. Um, and there was implications of a double agent through this entire thing. And I don't think, unless I don't remember, I don't think we were ever told who the double agent was. Um, but I think it's pretty clear there was somebody who was telling... I... I don't know that there was a singular double agent. I think I, it might have been Katai, but that's beside the point. I kind of wondered that if it might have been Katai. Um, I also think it was just... Rin was so... Rin, well, that's the other that, thing. Is that everyone was just trying unreliable to... Unreliable narrator. Yeah, yeah. Was trying to salvage I mean, things. She did... Um, she got betrayed an unusual amount of times for a human being in a short span of time. So, like, I can understand mm -hmm. the paranoia. Um, but yeah, I mean, the one thing that, because I would say that I would not suspect Venka of actually being a double agent. Um, except there was that one point where she knew where Neza was going to be. And she had been kind of vague about where she got the information. But again, that's through Rin. Rin's interpretation, so it might have been a perfectly reasonable answer, and Rin just like interpreted her behavior and her answer as weirdly suspicious. So I'll say this. Yeah. I think that Venka had not cut all ties from the North, but I don't know that she was actually being a double agent for them. Yeah. No. I think they were trying to use her. So she might have been being fed information and she thought she was providing accurate information to Rin. But I don't think her intent was ever to stop Rin. No, I don't think so either. And same with like Kitai, if he was kind of like also like in communication with Neza, it would have been more for like trying to just help them I do their question thing. after he was caught if he was uh... a double agent at that point. And That's I where I thought it came was, from, too. Yeah, I don't know that it was necessarily, like, to stop Rin, but I suspect probably him and Katai, or not him and Katai, him and Neza had many conversations about how to move forward as a country. And I think at that point, Katai realized that Rin and him were never going to actually be able to move forward like that. He was still going to back Rin because I suspect he didn't see a way where Rin was going to survive this without them winning. Um, but I think he is the one who was leaving the messages, particularly because she had the one that arrived on her pillow 
And just before then, we had that where she was talking about the fact that her and Katai regularly just fell asleep in the same bed. So the implication mm -hmm. is the only person who had easy access to her pillow is Katai. Well, and I think Katai was trying to, I think when he was captured, because when, when he's captured and he first comes out of it, he starts talking about um, how maybe what they're saying isn't unreasonable. Yeah. Meaning the Hesperians, you know, maybe yeah. there is only one God. Maybe there is this, maybe yeah. there is this. Um, and then she's like, what are you saying? You know, and she completely yeah. freaks out on him. And then he backs away from that completely. Um, mm -hmm. I think it would have been a better played out tragedy in the end. Had it been her discovering Katai was actually working with Venka, not Venka, Neza. Yeah. Um, and that's when everything imploded. Exploded. Would it be imploded? Oh, imploded? Sorry, I'm focusing wrong. Yeah, there would be Yeah, internal. I think implode Implo on this one because it was from the inside out. Inside right? out, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's internal, I think that would have been... Yeah. yeah. I think that would have been a better play out to the ending Not is serious. to actually have Katai bet betray her. Yeah. Um, and to kind of play on her clearly going insane and thinking everybody was after her. And I know she kind of, you know, says, Oh, Katai, you're the one that, you know, you're against me too, whatever. But I think it, if it had been more overt, um, it, that might've played out a bit better of a tragedy rather than having it be that it was her own insanity only. And it finally just kind of coalesced because she felt like everybody was portraying her. So it all, it all fell apart. So but, then she just betrayed herself. <laughs> yeah yeah well also, sorry she was the ultimate noises. betrayal um murphy is super cuddly because i slept in your room last night kim and he was locked in here just me and him and connor and he got extra cuddles oh so he's so being lovey he's, lovey yeah he's rubbing on the mic and stuff as i'm over here going because he no, kept shoving his i don't think it's audible face. at all so oh okay good because i was i just wanted to make sure okay so was there anything else about this you guys wanted to discuss i mean we can at least say that there was a lot to talk about <laughs> yeah was it was there anything else did you guys want to go into the ratings uh i can't really think of anything although i do want to say that um i'm not going to read anything else by this author so if you do want to do one of these books it's going to be you and kim i i will not I absolutely will not. She's putting her and I will, foot down. And I will not read anything by Tansamir either, other than Electo, because I know you're probably going to force me to read that one, even though it's going to be horrible, because it's not going to be Nona. But, um, so I'll give you that Electo, but I will not read any other things from that author afterwards. Just just putting that out there. You say that just, now. Just putting it out there. <laughs> say that now. Um, no, that's fine. I would have liked to have done Yellow Face. Um, I know. I, like, I, oh, I am not touching that. No. No, I read it, and I knew you would absolutely hate having to read it. Um, for anyone who's interested in it, it is about a white author. Don't what? describe this again. You described it to me like fifteen times. But she hasn't described it on the podcast. <laughs> I was like, I haven't heard I this. She has, but anyway. Oh, okay, you haven't. Sorry, I thought she had last time. Anyway, I, I think she mentioned a very morning, brief a summary at some point. Yep. Go ahead. Before she read it. Yep. Hey. Go ahead, Amber. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm interested. Please continue. So well, I'm not going to read not, it. But, you, you know, liar! I'm interested. You're not read the book. I'm just interested in the summary, but obviously I'm not going to read it because I don't like how the author writes her stories. Okay, there's that. Okay. <laughs> Can I talk now? <laughs> no. You guys done bickering with each other? Just waiting for you to start no. talking so I can interrupt. Okay. Yep. Come on! Come on! Come on! It is a white author who steals her Asian American's uh, book that is friend author book. I was like her Asian American. Okay. No. Okay. Ever started Backtrack. Because none of that made sense. I know. Okay. I was waiting for you guys to interrupt me, so I hadn't articulated <laughs> my thoughts. Um. Okay. So the premise of the story is that the main character is a white author who has not been successful in her books. Her friend, who is a highly su su 
successful, successful, um, Asian American literary author dies unexpectedly. White author, because I can't remember their names off the top of my head, um, was in her apartment when she dies. So she steals her unknown manuscript. Wait, she was in her apartment at the same time that she died? Yes. That seems sketchy and traumatizing, depending on the cause of death. But yeah, please continue. Yes. But you're um, not interested in reading this at all. Absolutely not. So she steals the manuscript and decides to tinker with it as like a writing exercise and then feels she tinkers with it enough that she can pass it off as her own story and decides to get it published because that's the best thing to do as a friend right you don't want your friend's unknown work that you've like finished and completed and polished for them to like go unknown but she credits Um, her of course one would expect no right Mm -hmm. no she just like dedicates it to her (laughs) and this is dedicated to the friend i murdered she definitely had nothing (laughs) to do with the writing uh and then it is the ramifications of her choices um which is not a good character oh wow Mm. kill surprise a (laughs) bad protagonist in this author's book um and then at the same time our kwong is kind of making commentary on her own writing by commenting on how the Asian American was stealing stories from various communities that were not even her own community and like like tragedy hunting like <laughs> how how this this Asian character Asian American character was hunting other cultures of Asian descent for tragedies so that she could use it as story inspiration to write her tragedies um so it's like it's deliciously meta in like the levels that are going on but i was definitely reading it and going god well it would be fun to like make the whole other level of meta because it also talks about like critiquing and stuff and who has the right to critique things and who doesn't and all that kind of stuff and i was like oh it would be so much fun to add another layer of meta onto this with us critiquing something that's telling us how we shouldn't critique things you and kim can do it I'll take the no. one off. Oh, okay. No. Um, Kim doesn't want to read it either. Um, I want to read it. I don't want to discuss it. Yeah. Um, so it's just like it's deliciously intense <laughs> in a RF Kwong kind of way. Um, but I was reading it and I knew Sarah, you would absolutely hate it. I was like, Sarah will not go near this. She will not read this. She will not discuss this. I have very little spare time and I'm not going to spend it being reading books that just make me angry, annoyed, or otherwise unhappy. So yeah. I no, thank can't you. promise you other things won't make you angry and annoyed and unhappy, but I know. We will be passing on that one. Um for your sake. So I did almost ponder picking it as my birthday pick, but I don't think it comes out by then. Uh and I'm not going to. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to pick something that you will very much not want to be reading, but. When does the Lecto come out? Are you using it for Electo? No. For birthday pass? Electo, oh. no. I'll be honest. Originally, and I haven't, I've kind of backed off on it. Originally, I was going to do a Priory of the Orange Tree. to compete with you guys on your like 600 plus page books uh i can't remember the story of that one but i do believe that when i was looking at the summary i was like this sounds like a book i wouldn't enjoy sapphic and dragons and religious (laughs) for those who cannot see her sarah is currently holding her forehead pondering whether or not she really wants to continue this so I will be drafting my letter of resignation after this. <laughs> um, but I haven't decided. I might actually just go find myself a, a lovely little gothic book that I want to make you guys read. So. Not as painful, Sarah. 
lovely little gothic novel and be like i found a 700 page one. Oh man <laughs> that would be marvelous i hope i didn't just speak it into being if anyone knows of, like a 700 page gothic novel that you could like recommend <laughs> to your fucking self <laughs> i won't guarantee that we'll do it for the podcast but like for my own personal interest please let me know if you know of any like really good 700 page gothic novels because like usually they're like 250 to 300 pages um i was gonna say this kind of contradictory to a gothic novel is yeah how do you sustain that for 700 pages but like have them if someone knows battles yeah <laughs> That they lose incessantly and then continue to go on even though they've lost okay, repeatedly. Okay, okay, okay. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna cycle back around now. Um, let's get into our ratings. So let me. Oh wait, wait, wait! Before oh. we do that, um, did either of you guys have the same reaction that I did when Rin lost her fire for a third time in the book, or not like in this one book, but like in the series, like in this book? I was like, "Are you fucking?" kidding me when they took Kite or whatever because I didn't know it was just like a distance thing I thought that it was going to be like oh she lost her fire and now she has to go through another montage of development before she gets it back oh, I was so pissed off so just wanted to add that because I don't know why I thought of it randomly I was not pissed off but I was like oh Kim oh no I thought Kim was raising her hand it's just having me I get a little hand symbol. No, no, no. There's there's a raise a hand feature feature on Zoom, and I thought you had raised your hand, but it's just that, that for whatever reason shit, the icon. Look out of that. <laughs> now Sarah's looking for it. Great. Um. Anyways, but it's just my little mouse turned into a raise. Oh, look there you go, Sarah. Raise your I hand. I found it. <laughs> What's up, Sarah? What do you want to say? Hey, that's what I need to do. Is you guys need to start raising your hand if you're going to interrupt me. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't find it on my phone. It doesn't exist. On <laughs> oh, I see. And then I can lower my hand. Oh, I see. Yep. Okay. Anyways. I, I don't have that ability. I was not annoyed by Katai or by her losing her fire for a third time because it was nice to see some sort of limitation um, due to her connection with Katai because it was always like, we're just going to safely talk to Katai away and like not address limitations here however I was annoyed when she went on Spearly and suddenly could surpass him um like supersede him in all ways just because she was back on Spearly um that one annoyed me it's it's a writing thing of this author she likes to throw barriers in that didn't exist that's before that and that irritated me and whether it be in the battles you know we're winning we're winning we're winning but we're losing we're losing we're losing yeah it, it yeah, yeah it, yeah, that was that was one of those elements that really gave me the Zodiac Academy vibes in the sense that like you've got a really powerful character and you have to nullify that, right? And so like the Zodiac Academy, they just keep kidnapping people. And obviously once a person is kidnapped, you're completely helpless. You can't do anything and you just let the bad guys do whatever they want. Spoiler alert for anyone reading those books. You'll see that happen like every book multiple times. I, was gonna say, um, I never remember to post the book the the TikTok to try and like make Kim read those. I need to do oh, that. Oh thank God, let's Damn. forget. Let's forget. Nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna I will do that. Yeah. I need posting content next week, so I will do that. We'll do that. I can't remember what the nobody's number was. gonna I think respond. It was like five hundred. Not likely. It was, was three thousand. It was three thousand. I'm sure it was three thousand. No, I I don't think so. No. I think that was Amber's was, like, it was. total followers. No, no. Said I said <laughs> it was 500 likes to read the first one. I was being 3, sarcastic. 3,000 is what I proposed to you to read the first two. So, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, but I'm going to post that. We'll see what happens. Um, The first one is so badly written, Kim. It would be really fun. I mean, like, <laughs> no, you don't would, even know. It would be fun for you. It would be fun for you, not fun for me. Your reaction to it would be ah, so good, so good. Anyway, let's move on with this. It is four. I'm tired. I want to go back to bed. <laughs> okay, okay. So let me share screen here. No, not my options for sharing screen. Just share screen. Okay, share. All right. So we will start with you, Kim. Oh shit writing is really tiny oh but you I'm made me start on that i don't have contacts in i'm just gonna anyway talk. go ahead 
Okay. Yep, yep, so, yep, go. What is your rating for theme or plot for The Burning God? Three and a half. Three and a half? Okay. Ooh, someone's feeling generous. <laughs> what is your rating for characters? Three. Three, okay. What is your rating for satisfying ending? Two. What is your rating for good mechanics? Um, um okay, good mechanics about the structure of the book, the writing of the book, or is it what it what remind me? Yeah, so it's it's just the ability to write. Yeah, how or like how did she carry through the plot? Like, you know. Yeah. Well, that would be plot. Um, no, I mean, like, her yeah. execution yeah. of the plot is how I meant to. Yeah, I'm going to go with three and a half. Okay. And she's a good writer. I just, it doesn't mean that I found it appealing. But anyway, go ahead. And then Unpredictable. Oh, it was not unpredictable in any way, shape, or form. So what number would that be? I knew it was going to happen. Two? It was okay. not unpredictable. Okay. <laughs> so me. I for... For the Burning God, you gave it a 14. So let me come over here and put in this 14. And then for the total series, you gave it 47.5. So that means your favorite series. So irritating to me. That's okay. Your favorite series was the Lock Tomb series. Yep. Okay. Now, Sarah. Theme or plot? One. <laughs> characters. Actually, theme or plot. Was I going to give that one a one? Because I was definitely going to give characters a one. And that singular okay. point is because of Neza. Um, okay. I don't. I didn't like the theme, though. And I didn't think the plot was well done in this book, since it was just plotting around, going into a, to insanity. But kind of already starting at that point um so i'm gonna keep it at the mm. oh yeah satisfying ending is that the next yeah. one yes uh i'm gonna give it a four i was i was pretty satisfied <laughs> that, that it ended uh, that it ended and also that rin finally got what was coming to her and that neza didn't die so i was pretty solidly happy um okay. good mechanics no no i don't believe so um like this isn't a yes or no question (laughs) (laughs) i just think that this book i think kim had mentioned it before it would have worked better as a duology no i did mention that oh you did did okay yeah sorry um okay i but i agree i think you two were kind of discussing it and yeah i really think was one who said it um Mm -hmm. just so this just didn't work for me uh I'll give it, <sighs> I don't, what don't was look at your numbers and doctoring your number. <laughs> I'm looking at Harrow because I did, I would read this oh, again at this before point, I wrote Yeah, I was going to say, at this Harrow. point, you're matching with Harrow. So any points you oh, give it okay. will be above Harrow. That's true. My four was a you, pretty You would read this bump. again before you would read Harrow? Yes. Are you kidding me? Harrow <laughs> is so dense. And what? I mean- I skimmed Harrow and it still took me almost like a whole day to get through it because it was just little text all very tightly together on a bunch well, of unnecessary know, words. Anyway. Um, anyway. Good mechanics, Sarah. I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm going to give it a two. Okay. Largely for effort. <laughs> Unpredictable. I am also giving this a... Mm, Kim gave it a two, right? She said it was not predictable, uh, not unpredictable. Yes, yeah. she gave it a two. Okay, I will actually give it a three. Okay, because while I did think it was predictable in a lot of ways, I honestly wasn't sure if the author was still going to have her killed Neza or not. So I was not sure there. Okay, so that puts puts your total for this book at eleven, and <laughs> total... generous. Well, that's the same as Gideon the Ninth. What do you know? Yes. Uh, and your total for the series was a 40. 
Okay. I mean, that's slightly more than the locked tomb, so that seems and about accurate. And obviously your favorite series was the Skull of Ants at 69 points, then nice. the Poppy Wars at 40, and then the locked tomb series at 35.5. So, 35.5 seems kind of high, but... Uh, that is thanks to Nona the Knight. That's true, but I, I feel like I could have taken more points off of Gideon, but I didn't. You were being nice then. Okay, <laughs> my turn. Theme or plot? Eh. I give it a four because it, it like the intent behind the book is to make you think, and it definitely had me thinking. Um, I know it didn't have you guys thinking, but it had me thinking. Uh, characters. I'm gonna go with a three, mostly because Rin really drags against the other characters. If Rin had been a little bit more likable. Um, I probably would have cared more, but at the same time, I don't like main characters, so you know, it was nothing new. Uh, satisfying ending. Oh, let me think here. I'm gonna give that a three point five. It it had me feeling emotions, which I always kind of enjoy when I get to the ending, but I can't say they were all good emotions. Uh, good mechanics. This I'm going to take down to a four. I think she's a really good writer. I think she has a clear understanding of her structure um, and her intent. But there was a lot of filler in this book that I feel like could have been trimmed, could have been condensed down, could have been made into a duology, and would have had the same impact and less of a strain for the readers. And then Unpredictable... I'm also going to give that a four, mostly because I was not anticipating Benka's death when it happened, and that gutted me. Um, I suspected it was going to happen, but it still gutted me in the situation that it happened. And the fact that we didn't get that satisfying conclusion as to whether or not Benka was a double agent. Um, so that puts my total for this book at 18.5. And that brings this book to a total of 43.5. So let me just... Wow. Which is the lowest. Is it? Yeah, I think it is. Well, nothing else is in the 40s, so it's got to be the lowest. Sort. Okay. All right. And then for the overall series, I gave it a 63 point... Or 63... So now I do this, auto sum, enter. Okay, so for me, my highest rated series was the Locked Tomb series at 72.5. Then the Poppy Wars was actually my next favorite series at 63. And then my final series was the Skolomance at 55.5. Our winning book is A Deadly Education at 69 points. Nice. Followed by Note of the Ninth <laughs> at 63.5 points. And then The Last Graduate at 58.5. So none of my books even hit the top three. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dragon Republic was fourth, though, so, you know. Yeah, but it wasn't in the top three. And then our winning series is The Skolomance with 180 points. Yay. Then, shockingly, The Locked Tombs at 168.75, which at the beginning Despite of this... Despite my I would, best efforts. <laughs> I would not have clocked it as the second <laughs> best. And then The Poppy Wars at 150.5. However, if we do this on a popularity vote based off of our scores, uh, Locked Tomb series wins off of popularity because it was both mine and Kim's highest rated one, and Skolomance was only Sarah's. So, points versus... It's cheating. Popular. It's not <laughs> cheating. From the very beginning, you said, you guys shouldn't count my scores towards the locked tombs anyways, because I know I'm going <laughs> to true. rate this poorly. So that is true. I'm so you should also take away the Nona points, too. I'm, I'm pointing out <laughs> that looking at the points, the Skolomance won. If this was, like, the presidential thing it would win it would be president but if we were to look at the popular <laughs> vote block tombs would win she just okay? equated your series 
Mr. Trump. Yeah, I know. That's horrendously insulting, but oh, you know. Uh, Either way, Sorry. my book didn't win, so well, yours was a, a a tragedy from the minute it started. Yeah. So well, I had read it before. Dense, dense, dense not to win. If I think if I had read it before, I would not have picked it, but I kind of didn't want to come in with an advantage, so I selected something I hadn't read. Um, cool. Okay, so that is it for our Trilogy War. Uh, we will be finishing up our Martha Wells for the Murderbots, that Murderbot Diaries that have come out. Thank you for um, unpluralizing it. Yes, I, that's because <laughs> I realized my brain was mushing it into multiple books, but mushing not multiple Murderbots. Mushing it. Then we will be taking our break and we will be coming back with Sarah's huge ass pick of Anathem. It's not that big. It's like 900 pages. It doesn't breach a thousand. It is thick. It does not have large margins. Because I can tell you this, a Priory of the Orange Tree has large margins and in is less number of pages. But the font is kind of large on this book. I mean, it's bigger than Gideon's. Not the copy I have. It's pretty narrow font. And and I can't get it as an audiobook from the library, which means I would have to spend $25 to listen to it. And I was banking on that. I don't know how well this is going to go without the audiobook, but I can't afford $25 on an audiobook. So. Yeah. We can see best. how that goes. <laughs> Any final thoughts? I'm sure glad this is over with. This was a this was a journey that I would have perhaps rather not taken, but now that I've I, gotten there, I guess like I have no Sarah, done I'm that. glaring at you. Why? I'm glaring at you. <laughs> My final thoughts is just overwhelming relief. And Kim is thinking, can I go back to bed? So on that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman. It is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Bookpile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also support us on bookshop.org. Our link is available via our social media you can also email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also, earlier when I was at work, I was trying to say clipboard, and instead I kept calling it a billboard. And I knew it was wrong, but I was like, you need to go sign out on the billboard to get the bathroom key. And then I looked at the person and was like, that is not the word I meant, but I cannot think of the word. They walked away and suddenly I shouted clipboard. So, right. that's it. <laughs>